Sure, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. I mean, I've talked about it before, and we don't need to get into it. My love of a shower apple, just bringing an apple oh, to the shower. You know, I, I do love eating fruit in the shower. Where does the core go? Does it go on just, the side of the you tub? You drop it on the ground, Andy. It's going to get washed. And nothing's going to happen. Just pick it up when you leave. I just leave it, like, whatever I, like, pick up yeah, the you soap can rest or whatever. Just, like, whatever yeah. you rest stuff on. Shower caddy. And then I, I get rid of it. You know, I love eating an apple. It's just good mm-hmm. to get that crunch, mm-hmm. you know? You know, I do... I don't think I've talked about it that during TIFF this year, uh, I was staying with some family in like their. I had a uh, bunch of apple cords in their bathtub. <laughs> no, but they they had like a mini fridge in the like basement room I was staying in, and they were like, "Take anything you want." And there were a bunch of like little eight ounce cans of seltzer, and so I would just take a uh, shower with a little can of mm. seltzer, and it was really nice. <laughs> I do love eating and drinking in the shower. I, I, it's like you know, reading in the bathtub, sort of. Just like we can do these things at once. I love drinking cold water in a hot shower. Yeah, uh, watching everything yeah. fog up. Uh, that was, that I'd was be worried about getting like soapy soap residue. You just gotta, you gotta time everything right. You gotta, yeah, like, yeah. No, just yeah. kind of. I've, yeah. I've seen that concern before, but it's like. I guess I may be taking long showers. I might have to sure. admit that, but I'm not. I'm not right. Eating not, is phase one. Yeah, cleaning is phase two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not soaping while I'm. I eating completely understand. <laughs> yes, maybe if you but have a also, can of something, you can maybe switch it up because then it's a can and then it's different. Sure. But, yeah, but uh, that was apple. Easy. No, 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 no. Yeah, I don't. I don't mean this in any disparaging way, but we also have to keep into thought that Andy is shorter than all of us. And maybe has different shower scenarios. I feel like the shower, I'm usually above, like, a water level, no matter what. Even, like, splashback. I can, like, move things out of the way to saying. where... Like, the water isn't hitting your head. The water is yes, hitting, yes. like, my shoulder. Like, my, my chest or, like, or whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. My, my, my current shower is, like, I feel, like really high. Like, for anyone, I feel. Like, sure, okay. Except uh-huh. for, like, an NBA Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My yes, name is. is Jesse Catherine Weber, and I'm joined by Andy Kuga, Colin Ashley, Amelia Diaz. We had to stop on a high there. Um, welcome back. Uh, we're Folks. still, you know, only only weeks away from the Cannes Film Festival. Uh, on the other side. Then yes, yes. When, when we're usually talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We're two weeks um, away from can. <laughs> yeah. Get ready. <laughs> I've seen some more stuff. Some oh, of it's yeah. quite good. Um, and then I mean, we maybe got some other news. It sounds like sure. uh, 
And then we're going to talk about uh, the previous film from this year's Palme d'Or winner, Justine Trier, Sybil. That's right. Uh, so, yeah. We I don't this. know. Andy, we're do you want to do your segment that. first? Sure. Uh, everyone's favorite um, festival at this time of year has gotten around to announcing their jury. I'm talking, of course, about the Tribeca Film Festival. Yeah, they announced their lineup early. I feel. They did. It was a I while like Tribeca ago. announces things like in January. <laughs> well, they used did to they announce their lineup before in... the can lineup came out. I feel like if maybe. it wasn't before, it was very close, and yeah. obviously, it happens like a month later. I mean, they right. used to happen in April, so maybe they're still sure. just like. They're like, right. wait, fuck, we got to, right. what are we doing? They have There's a standing, a uh, they have gotta, a standing press anything. conference room booked, and they don't know how to change yeah. the date or whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, they announced their jury. Now, uh, Not jury singular. Sure, their they're, they're jury, their various jury members is, I guess, the way to say yeah. what they announced. The they article announced... said it's like 17 different juries, right? It's something like that. There's uh, 15 different competition categories. 15. Which will honor win, uh, winning storytellers and creators with artistic awards. In addition to that, there's also the Nora Ephron Award. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm reading from the Variety article right now. Um, uh, the So they announced like a whole bunch of names. They did not make it clear who would be deciding what no. prize. No, like we don't all. get to do the like, ooh, that's fun that those people are hanging out. Right. Yeah. And I imagine it'll be like groups of two or three or whatever for, since Probably. there's so many awards. But the big headliners, of course. What uh, if it's like there's one award that's like 20 people and then a bunch that are just one person gets to decide? I mean... There's, there's, there's jury, there, or there's like, a, there's awards at festivals that are sometimes just one person decides. Yeah, them, the like, next, yeah. next at Sundance right. usually has one person. They used to be non-juried, but now it's just one person. Yeah. Sure, yeah. Um, they should do yeah. that at Cannes. There should be like a independent, like, and also, this is just what this one person. <laughs> right, and also Fred's jury. <laughs> it's just, and it's just Fred. Um... Uh, so the the big headliner is uh, current Oscar uh, Best Actor uh, winner uh, Brendan Fraser. Who's uh, Fred? What do you mean? Fred's you said the, Fred's the one man jury. Who? Which Fred? Just Fred. Okay. Uh, I was non specific Fred Whoa. is what I was thinking of. I don't know. I didn't have a Fred in mind. Right. Um, if so, if somebody uh, were to tell you just like. Fred, who are you thinking of? <laughs> Me? Now? I mean, my first thought was Rogers, but he's dead. Sure. Mine um, is Fred again, the DJ, because sure. of uh... a living Fred. As I think now, I guess I'm picturing from Scooby Doo. I was going to uh, say that was but, my next um, thought, but that's not a real guy. No, no he's fictional and animated. Um, I, thought, I guess I just thought of Fred, Fred from YouTube. But, you know. Sure. Oh, sure. Yeah. Sure. Right. Okay. He's that was not fictional, what I was thinking, but played. Right. You know, he but, he certainly right. Lucas Cruishank could Ex- right exist in corporeal yeah. form. Um. Uh. And uh, I guess if pushed to name a living Fred, I'm going Fred Armisen, which is a problem. But um. Yeah, uh, we don't I want guess that. Fred from Scooby Doo was played by Freddie Prince Jr., who's also a Fred. Sure. Yeah, he could do it. He's, uh, I hear an ad for his wrestling podcast sometimes. Isn't he, like, an asshole, though? 
Maybe. I know, like, Matthew Lillard's into NFTs. Or maybe not anymore, since I guess no, those aren't really he, a thing he, anymore. He, but he was like a nerd. He was like, the Scooby-Doo movies suck. Yeah. I bet Fred Freddy Prince Jr. Sarah just like, a, cool. just like a, uh, a nerd. He just like, he, he, he like wrote for WWE, I think, for a while. And he did like voice acting for Dragon Age. He's just like that kind of a guy, you know? Yeah, I, I remember he was in Dragon Age. Um, um but the other, um, the other big. Movie all right, so that's all the news about the Fred Film <laughs> Festival. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this is a future episode. We can't be burning all this on just a news segment. Yeah, hey, next, you know what? I think we burnt it all, and there's no need to ever talk about it again. <laughs> yeah, next, next jury draft we do, we will just say four different names, and then we yes, all, all <laughs> draft somebody with that name. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> Uh, one hour and 45 minutes into this recording and we got to that <laughs> crossing right. my fingers i get jean <laughs> this french name <coughs> that everyone has uh stephanie shu is the next uh, tribeca uh, jury member also an oscar nominee uh this most recent year and then of course this variety article touts the a-list talent in the jury consisting of actors such as zoe deutsch Diana Agron, Zazie Beetz, Kate Siegel, Nina Dobrev, Piper Parabo, Noah Centineo, Chloe, and Chloe Grace Moretz. And what is... All... Excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> this is a, the jury? These are people who are going to be on a jury. At uh, that maybe should, Tribeca should is... should be the, the pool that Can has to work from next year. <laughs> If they were the Canjury, the Palm winner would have been Buck Wild. We would have gotten something what, crazy. I bet, what is, I bet Diana Agron has good taste. Why is the Tribeca jury so, like, CW core heavy? I, I mean, I that's what their vibe is. <laughs> Zoe Deutsch, obviously, they called in a favor because she's in Dirty Grandpa. Uh-huh. What? Robert De Niro called in the favor. Oh, sure. Her. And Zazie like Beetz is in Joker, so Robert De Niro called in the favor. When her. she does her, like, last commercial things, they premiere at Tribeca. Yeah. Like, that movie Flower, that was sure, yeah. really bad. Um, um, I had a great, great lineup of names. I liked hearing every single Does everyone know what the premise of Flower is? The French uh, Flower? She, like, sleeps with a teacher, right? No, it's that... She, her, like, the thing that she does is that she is, like, 17, and she uh, gets older men to sleep with her and then blackmail them, but then she sleeps with Adam Scott and something goes wrong and she kills him. What is this? The movie the Flower? Movie Flower. The friend Henry Winkler's son directed it? Sure. That can make sense. Uh, that makes sense. He directed on Arrested Development a few times, I think. Um, that sounds right. Yeah. There's a few more names uh, I just want to get through. Uh, Chance the Rapper. Uh, <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> You're lying! <laughs> I knew this segment would work. Andy just put out this press release and Variety ran with it. <laughs> Any other name... <laughs> Will not be as good as Chancellor ever. No. <laughs> um, no weapon formed against me. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's see Jim. if you can get two in a row this time. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll <laughs> shut up. <laughs> uh, Jeremy O'Harris, uh, Andrew Ahn, Mark Duplass, Stephen Kay, and Clea Duvall are among the jurors. Great. This list. Yeah. So, uh, Get me in group. this room. <laughs> I need to talk to every single person there. It is, it's multiple juries, but they are in a single room. They're just, they've got like a bunch of different stations. They'll take a photo together. Some people are like on multiple juries. You've got to There'll be, a, back they'll be like forth. a jury class of Tribeca photo for sure. I, I was at the fancy premiere of La Chimera at Cannes. And I that let me watch Jeremy O'Harris just walk up and talk to literally every famous person who was there. Jesus, why did I get off of him for sure? He, was, I mean, he was there for a movie that premiered on like the second day. You really saw him sit down funny. for one second and then stand up and then we just walk the aisle for like an hour talking to yeah. people. Yeah, that absolutely tracks with everything I know about Jeremy O'Harris. Um. Uh, talented writer. Um, uh, sure, there was the there was. I don't think we talked about that. Todd Haynes had said that he was gonna direct a movie that Joaquin Phoenix brought to him, and there was a moment where I was like, "Is that a Jeremy O'Harris script?" Because Jeremy O'Harris had said uh, that he was writing something for Joaquin Phoenix earlier this year that he couldn't talk about. Uh, which would have been a crazy trio of people. Uh, but then Haynes gave another interview where he said that uh, he had written it with Jonathan Raymond, which makes much more sense. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, we look forward to a great Tribeca Festival. Over yeah, this is going to be the Tribeca <laughs> that I pay the most attention to <laughs> ever in my entire life. That's I what wonder... they want. Yeah. It worked. They got a, a list of splashy names that I am interested in. <laughs> that's, that's the list of like a Getty Images lineup for a party sponsored yeah. by a product you've never heard of. Uh, this is at like a Celsius party, a Celsius energy drink. Yeah. It's a Celsius activation on the Hollywood Hills. Yeah. Angry Birds the movie too. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's all I got. Jesse, uh, you saw some more stuff out of Cannes. I did. Sorry. I saw Sorry. some more stuff out of Cannes. I guess where we sort of left off, I guess I'll go into... Well, yeah, I'll start with where I left off, which is that uh, I had was halfway through watching a movie I was really enjoying, uh, and I finished it and continued to really enjoy it. Uh, and that is one that I have a review up for, The Delinquents, uh, directed by Rodrigo Moreno, who I think it ha- had been around for a little while, like, has been directing movies since the late 90s, but this was his first in a good while, uh, and is in some ways of a piece with some of the more recent um, uh, Argentinian films that... Uh, have excited me and have excited others. Uh, Laura Paredes, who is the lead of Trinke Laukin and one of the actresses in La Flor, does have a smallish role in it. Uh, but it is, it feels, uh, I think that, I, I think this was Jordan Cronk who said that the, the influences do feel more like film influences than like a lot of the El Pampiro Cine films are very literary in a way that I love but like uh, there's like Hitchcocky stuff there's like and then there's stuff that like feels more like 
like uh, sort of like newer European cinema. Um, it I don't know. It's just really cool. It's a it's a like a weirdly rhythmical movie. It's sort of the it, by rather than like being long just to like get a bunch of stuff in, it is just like doing a bunch of different things like it it starts out as like a weird super low-key heist movie and then it's like oh it's a love triangle or uh very i don't know it's just it's really cool it's about these two guys uh roman and moran and moran robs a bank and they they both work at the bank and he goes to roman and he says you keep this money, I'm just gonna turn myself in and go to prison for three and a half years, which is the maximum sentence, and then the money that I stole is the amount of money that we would make at the bank before we retire, so we can just retire when I get out of prison, and that sounds better than working at the bank for 25 more years. Uh, and it's sort of about that, but then also just goes, uh, you know, it you, obviously that's like a ridiculous plan that doesn't completely work uh like uh roman's like i guess you don't think we're gonna get you, you don't think that uh i'm gonna get caught and he's like nah it'll be fine and of course it's not fine um they are named roman and moran uh, and it goes like a solid hour and a half before that is acknowledged. And then there's one of the funniest whip pan jokes I've ever seen that uh, pays that gag off. It's just like really fun. Like it is sort of a dry Argentinian movie, but doesn't really feel like that most of the time you're watching it. Um, and movie bought it, so hopefully people will see that movie. Hopefully they, you know, they've done... I, I would imagine it's not going to get a super su substantial theatrical run, especially being three hours long. So I kind of hope they just, like, get that out of the way and then throw it up on their yeah. streaming service. Though, I, you know, it might also be something where they feel more so needs a well it, they might feel like it needs a more substantial festival run but also it's not something that's necessarily you know like played a bunch of regional festivals because i'm sure time is at a premium there but uh yeah that is the best movie that i've seen this year i think uh and so then i saw also a couple other things from director's Fortnite, uh which i'll say i don't think I'm necessarily closing the book on Directors Fortnite yet. I think I, I, I'm crossing my fingers. I have more to share about that first year uh, of Julian Rails' tenure soon. Uh, but the two, the one I, I talked last week about Inside the Yellow Cocoon Shell, which won the camera d'or, and I think that's a really cool movie. Um, and that could is again gonna just have the length problem, but I wouldn't be surprised to see that have a little bit of legs. I did, out of curiosity, like, look up what are the movies that have won the Camera d'Or recently to be like, are, do these, is that enough to right. get a movie distributed in the United States? 
And the answer is sort of. Um, last year it went to War Pony, which was the Riley, Riley Keough yeah. co-directed movie, which we talked about. Like, it seems like American critics are maybe not into that movie uh, because of it being a movie directed by two white women about indigenous people. But that did... It played at South by Southwest, and it, I think, is coming out in the summer, but that's also a movie that's in English. Uh, and then the movie that won the year before that is Marina, which came out sure, in last year. And I definitely, a... re- I, I never saw it, but I remember, I it. and it, sure, it didn't necessarily register to me as a movie that had premiered at Cannes, but I do remember sure. it coming out, certainly. It got some Indie Spirits nominations, which is why. And yeah, then, yeah, like, yeah. you go back, and the year before that, it's a movie called Our Mothers uh, from Guatemala that I'd never heard of. The year before that, it was Girl by Lucas Daunt, so that did fine. Sure. Uh, and then the year before that, it was a movie called Montparnasse Bienvenue that I had not heard of and don't think got distribution, but then the director, Leonor Sarai, uh, her next movie was in competition last year, uh, though then that movie didn't get distribution either. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the answer is maybe. Uh, and perhaps not enough for a three-hour Vietnamese film to make much of an impact, but I would hope that it would get some kind of eventually distribution here i feel like there were enough people excited about it for that to happen but then anyway the other two movies that i saw um creatura another movie that i wrote a review of uh that's up in the same issue of interview online uh directed by uh director actor uh, Elena Martin Jimeno, a uh, Spanish director. And that movie is more just like fine. It doesn't necessarily seem as much like it fits in the like, we're gonna find stuff that no one would have found. Like, she's not a, a super famous actor, but like, I, I think like does stuff on TV and has been in other movies and directed another movie. Uh, that was reviewed pretty well, and I just didn't get a ton out of it. It's uh, It was just like, this is fine, it could show up at any festival and isn't going to bother anyone. There's like some interesting stuff. I feel like, I, I wrote in the review that it's almost like the title feels like a mistake, because you're like, uh, it, it immediately is like about this woman having sexual issues with her partner and flashing back to her sexual awakening as a child and you're like oh okay so it's like some kind of genre thing which like I've seen before but lots of uh, genre metaphors for female sexuality but there's lots of movies like that that are good and then it's like never really that like there's points at which it almost feels like it's getting it uh something supernatural but like mostly it's just like a movie about a woman who gets hives when a man is being weird about sex which like sure uh there i feel like she as the lead is not great in it a lot of the 
the flashbacks are to different points at her childhood, and I feel like most of the kids playing the character are pretty good. Uh, her father is played by two different actors. I think the stuff with her parents is definitely the most interesting, both uh, them in the present and them in the flashbacks. The stuff with her partner both, like, doesn't feel interesting, and then also, like, two-thirds of the way through the movie, he's just like, I don't think I can do this, and then just leaves. Uh, so maybe uh, writing the script, uh, that character didn't seem that interesting either. But again, like, it's it's fine. Uh, and then the other movie I saw, a very, very strange movie uh, called A Prince, directed by... Pierre Cretone, uh, which is told mostly through narration, uh, but narration of different characters. Um, it's like switching between, I guess, three main people. There's a this wo it starts with this woman who runs a botany school and then there's this student who's one of the narrators and then um one of the teachers at the school uh and it's mostly just a movie about this student uh being a huge hoe and having sex with a bunch of guys uh the the narration is cool i there there was a point at which i was like are these the same uh, I, I couldn't tell if it was the same people doing the narration as, like, acting out the stuff, because the actors on screen were talking so rarely, and then, like, towards the end of the movie, uh, they, they do the, uh, the French dispatch Tony Revolori Benicio Del Toro thing, where the main guy switches out, uh from, like, this really young, attractive guy to being played by the director who's this older, schlubby guy, which is funny. Uh, and I did eventually figure it out, because the voice at that point doesn't change, and the voices are all different, because uh, the, old, the teacher, uh, who's this older guy who uh, he has this relationship with throughout the movie, is voiced in the narration by Mathieu Almeric, and then the woman who runs the school is voiced by Françoise Lebrun, a uh, big French New Wave actor who was in The Mother and the Whore, which hopefully that restoration will come soon. Uh, and yeah. also plays the wife in Vortex. <laughs> and then she is also playing the mother of the younger guy. Uh, and she's funny in that role. She's like... Uh, an alcoholic and like starts working at a gun store at one point and is like this old lady wearing sunglasses behind the desk at a gun store trying to intimidate these young guys. Uh, and there is a lot of stuff. It is just like sort of uh, a very, very uh, just like open sex comedy. Uh, you know, not super like, oh, it's a sex comedy, but just like a funny movie with a bunch of, uh, a sort of witty movie with a bunch of sex in it. Uh, but yeah, I, it, it is probably good that it's short. It would get a little grating just because of it is so like 
rhythmic and like most of the actual information you're getting you're getting through the narration and then you are seeing stuff that sort that usually has to do with it um that you know that it does the thing where like sometimes you'll be like i don't think you're saying quite what's happening um but yeah i did have fun with it uh yeah, that that is more a movie where I'm like, yeah, I can see why this movie would not be on as many radars, and, like, it is really interesting, but, like, it's not gonna get, uh, you know, maybe having this bigger platform will get it a little bit more attention, but this is, I mean, it's certainly not a movie that's gonna show in theaters in the United States because of how graphic it is, uh, almost at all. Like, you, you know, even art house theaters are, I think, going to be pretty wary of it. Uh, and festivals, too. Just, like, you can't be a place where, like, old uh, fuddy-duddies go and show this movie and not have a bunch of people walk out and complain, I'd imagine. But, you know, it's interesting. That, that certainly feels more of the, like okay, this is not a type of movie that a lot of festival, uh, especially a festival as big as Cannes, is going to be programming. So I don't know. I'm excited to see more stuff, whether that is soon or at other festivals or when it finally starts making its way online. Uh, and yeah, excited to uh, continue the monitoring the story of... Uh, how is director's Fortnite doing? Is it Sybil time? I think it's Sybil time. I love Sybil. That was yeah, I so much fun. That movie I like is great. Yeah. <laughs> I had a great time watching it. Amelia's making Andy, a big I was, face. <laughs> uh, Amelia is, I was worried, Andy, because I was saying before, right before we recorded, like, oh, this episode's going to be really fun. And you were like, is it? And I got worried. But I guess you were just oh, referring no. to the general energy level. Yeah. I, was I think, sure. I'm feeling before we get into now. our thoughts, uh, just a brief synopsis. Yeah. It's, it's a uh, there's a lot going on. Yeah, it's a movie. Yes. It was at Cannes <laughs> in 2019, uh, mm -hmm. in competition. Yeah. Um, and Virginia Fira is a mm -hmm. therapist who uh, gets rid of all of her clients, or most of her clients. Um, she's going back to writing. Yes, yeah. to uh, write a novel, because her friend tells her that it was such a tragedy for her to not be a writer anymore, and mm -hmm. that the, the year she took to do uh, therapy was bad. But um, So she does that, and then an actress played by... Adele Exarchopoulos? I we looked up I looked up a um, the the Google American pronunciation says Adele Exarchopoulos, which also sounds not real. Let's say Adele, Adele Exarchopoulos. Yeah. Definitely the the emphasis is on the second syllable of her last name. That I think is right that Google is telling Exarchopoulos. us. No, whatever. Exarchopoulos. <laughs> um, and she's an actress who yeah. has uh, developed a relationship with a co-star of hers, mm -hmm. Gaspar Dolyell. Um Igor is the character. Uh, yes, Igor Maleski. And he, um, she is pregnant with his kid and is debating whether or not to get an abortion. Yes. Uh, uh, Virginia Freire, as Sybil, takes on yes. 
her as a client right. as and an the effort other to... big thing is that the movie that she is starring yes, in sure, with yes. him is directed by his girlfriend played by sandra huller yes um and then um she takes her on as a client to draw inspiration mm. for her novel that she's yeah. writing yeah um in, in several ethical lapses she uh, <laughs> yes. is uh recording yeah. their, their her, sessions and uh, her yeah. therapist keeps being like no you Who, can't do that i'm not uh, gonna tell you that's okay what are you talking about uh, an interesting bit is... of testing. Arthur Harari yeah, that is plays Arthur her Harari. therapist, who uh-huh. is uh, Justine Triette's partner and co-writer. Yeah, uh, which, which is, is very also interesting. Funny, and given the tone of the movie, I do feel like it's intentional that his character is named Doctor Katz. Sure. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it is. It's very like poppy. Like <laughs> she's watching. Um, it follows. At well, one yes. Point. I think. Right, she's uh, reading yeah. about the jinx. The movie right. relation to media like is very same funny. Scene where she's she's uh, yeah she's and she, watching like, sees, it follows and then it. Well, so she she doesn't want to take on the case because she's focused on writing, and then she sees it follows as like uh, the character Margot is um, like sobbing on the phone, and then she sees the article about <laughs> the jinx getting cut, <laughs> and she's like. You see her, like, have the decision to, like, help her. Yes. Um, and it's just so funny that where it yeah. situates itself in time and everything. Right. Um, I do think, I mean, it's a very funny movie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I think Afira's performance is incredible. Uh, yeah. She's constantly vaping. Yeah. And the, the audio on her vape right. is so funny to me. She's, uh, a, yeah, she's, I, a, yeah, she's a recovering alcoholic and like yes, is trying to yes. avoid yes. drinking the whole time. Uh-huh. Like, yeah. yeah. I had like I I certainly wouldn't have said that I disliked Ifira, but I'd never like been really impressed by her. Sure. I I'm trying to think if I'd even seen her in anything other than the two Verhoeven movies, which like I yeah, love I Elle and she's perfectly fine in that, but that's just such a passive role. Sure. And then Benedetta is the opposite, but that movie's just kind of nothing. Uh, I also, like, I don't think I, even the second time I saw Elle, really knew who she was. Yeah. Maybe this movie had come out or, like, had played Can at that point, and I was like, oh, I guess that's that. Or, like, I knew that she was going to be in Benedetta, but. Yeah, they, uh, she is, like, incredible in this. I'm like, yeah. oh, I totally get why people are like... She's... And this is this is her second movie with Triette. She's yep. in the, her previous film. Yes, Victoria. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I watched some special features on the DVD that I got from the library, which was just, like, a series of cut-together interviews of them, like, maybe a day or two after the premiere at Cannes. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah she talked about the origins of it how she basically was like yeah i basically lifted the premise from woody allen's another woman and uh (laughs) decided to give it a little more like depth or whatever like she like she's uh and she's like that that really like stuck in my head um so that's sort of what her starting point was and then she she went from there uh and yeah they they had had a i guess a really positive working experience and they really like working mm-hmm. with each other so she says she you know she doesn't write with actors in mind but she you know pretty quickly was like well oh, so I the guess previous movie be... was influenced by woody allen no this movie oh, oh, oh yes which I guess has the same basic premise about someone like over like using overhearing. Oh sure, okay, um, yeah, I see. Uh, therapy sessions to yeah. exploiting that. Yes. Um, uh, 
Yeah. So, but but yeah, she 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 wasn't sure who she was gonna write. She yeah. she wasn't like writing it for her off right off the bat. Sure. But uh, that you know they they had such a positive work experience together that they were like that she like fell into place pretty quickly. I think. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it is like there's like a lot of uh big like most of the roles are like oh this is someone like we we've talked about a lot of them but like uh her partner in flashbacks uh who's the father the of one of her name. children yes. is uh, Neil Schneider who I think was in a relationship with Afira at the time they were making okay. this movie um I mean the the scene where they have sex is like insanely hot uh yeah um yeah um yeah yeah. paul ami also who plays her either husband or partner uh in the present has like worked with Xiao pedro rodriguez and is also yeah uh, yeah yeah so i will say i like the movie a lot i did think it was very funny there was a lot that i really enjoyed in it i did like some of the structural stuff I found a little hard to track with the flashbacks and all that. And I did, like, I didn't quite care as much about, like, many of the romantic entanglements as much as the, like, the more, like, showbiz stuff and, sure. the, and the therapy stuff was more interesting to me than the specifics of, like, who's having an affair with who and, like, is she going to have the baby or whatnot. Like, that stuff I... Was not, did not hook me as I much. I think once the, like, romantic entanglement stuff gets caught up in with the showbiz stuff, like, Sandra Huller is so funny. Huller uh, is incredible in this movie, I yeah, think. I think once, she's so funny. Yeah. Like, once she does find out about this affair, and she's just like, well, obviously we have to keep making the movie. Right. I will not uh, so let you just, ruin my film. Yeah. So just says. like, yeah. And then uh, Adele Xarpopoulos, Jesus Christ, is like, uh, oh, I'm, I'm so glad. Thank you so much. I didn't think you'd take this so well. And she's just like, fuck you. I hate you. I hate you more the more you thank me. Don't mm-hmm. talk to me. Uh, which leads to Xarpopoulos' character, uh, Margot, uh calling in Sybil to be like, I will only talk to her. You have to communicate with me through her uh, to both Uliel and Hula's characters. Right. And then that sort of like the crux of the thing for Sybil's character then is like, she gets really drawn into like being like this, like some sort of like genius on the set of like the whisperer of like, she's able to, <laughs> right. to, or well, she's sure. like, it starts fantasizing about like how important she is and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, it, yeah, the the ego on Sybil, I think, is like a yeah. really well drawn and fun to track throughout this whole movie, um, and just like yeah, the hubris of her, uh, like violating these all all these ethical norms and stuff, and then also just yeah. being like, oh, and also like I'm like the secret to like this artistic success in the making or whatever. Yeah, like all that stuff is really fun. I think. Um, yeah, yeah. Amelia, what do you think? <laughs> I don't find Sybil the character that interesting. I sort of think really? I sort of think the like, this is a therapist, but really she's also as fucked up as her patient thing. I think that's sort of like a hack sort sort of thing. I feel like that is what it is. I see. like yeah. it's never like she isn't other than her overstepping boundaries with. Exarchopoulos, I feel like it is like she is a good therapist and is doing good work and then just like it's more just like 
her getting, like, she has had problems, but, like, has them pretty in control and then just gets drawn into this more out-of-control situation and starts spiraling out. I mean, sure, but, like, within the context of what I'm watching in the movie, I am only watching her sort of spiral out for, I think, more most of, like, the second half of it or whatever. Yes, but, like, even then, it, like, goes back to, like, oh, she's still good at working with this kid who's one of the clients that she can Sure, on. but it's, like... I don't know. There's a lot of it, stuff in the movie that I liked. I sort of enjoyed the onset dynamics, but every time we get to some stuff I really like, I, I sort of just like bristle at it. It's like hard to describe. I, I don't think I am into like, it almost feels like a parody of itself in a way where I feel like every, it's a, the sort of movie where every single fucking conversation is the most loaded thing of all time that has some sort of explosive like raging internal emotion that needs to like sort of be expressed in it and i'm like i mean yeah it's like a melodrama sure but i don't know i feel like most of the melodrama even the melodramas i like i feel like find more time to like show me who these people are outside of just like the the raging maybe i don't know i do like i feel like some of the people who are more into Sybil, I have seen people being like, eh, Anatomy of a Fall is fine, but I'm maybe not as into it. So I do wonder if, like, people are going to start drawing those lines. Because, like, I certain like, I also was just watching it like, oh, it's too bad that this, it, you know, I know that it sounds like there is some funny stuff in Anatomy of a Fall, but I'm like, oh, it's too bad that it sounds like that's not as much just like a comedy yeah the um i mean uh hooler is playing i think a similar character i think she is maybe a little less funny like a little she does a little she is a little less funny i guess in anatomy of a fall but it is a sort of similar thing that i think is very i think is interesting when it's drawn i think she is like i can tell that that the character trait you had mentioned of in anatomy of the fall it's just like a lot of it's in english because the character never bothered to learn english that does seem implied with this character also that she is working in france with all these french actors and it's just like yeah and like she she can i guess she's working in italy is where most of what we see but it's just like i guess i just gotta speak english yeah, and it's like you clearly see her. Like sometimes people will speak French to and around her, and she'll speak English. Right, so it's yeah. like she understands it. She just right, or like she kind of like tries to speak French to Sybil. I feel like the first time they really talk, and then it's like, and then Sybil tries to speak French to her, and she's like, "Ah, uh, actually, let's do English." Yeah, yeah, because it's like it's sort of like that no nonsense approach. That is like, yeah, when that first. One of the first scenes you see her where she's just like, there's all these crazy things are happening, but we still need to make a fucking movie, I guess. So I don't know right. what to do instead of like, I, I can't afford a breakdown right now. That is sort of mm-hmm. right, her vibe generally. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which it does, like, I think that like the big culmination scene or, or like the big 
the biggest scene with her where she like literally swims off the set <laughs> yes and is like you i can't anymore like you guys yeah. finish this i think it's so great and it's like really like just her being like bye like and, and yes. just jumping off the boat and yep. like swimming away and then how she like just like when she comes back up on the shore they're like okay we got the dailies to show you like let's go let's keep working yep. or whatever indicating that this is perhaps a, a semi-regular occurrence where she like <laughs> yeah. is like i need a break you guys finish this and then we'll 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 fix it in post yeah uh later is uh yeah it's it's really good i i, I loved i loved all her yeah. stuff i guess what i'll say just to i think find a more concrete way to describe my problems is i think the movie has a lot of like uh there's a lot of points in the movie where I'm like, if this is the movie and this is attention, then I'm good. I just want to stay here for a while. And then the movie right. just like ratches it up into a different thing within like two yeah, scenes. It, it and I'm does, just like, yeah, I would have liked to see that. I would have liked to see that. Like I, I would have liked sure. to maybe have played the attention more of just like, oh, will she go to the set? Like what's her relationship with Exarchopolis? And then that sort of progresses more quickly than I wanted to. And then when she's on set, I'm like, oh, I guess I would like to see like the movie where she sort of has to become the most hated thing that, that all European directors hate, apparently, which is a, an intimacy coordinator, kind of. <laughs> 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 but, and I would have mm-hmm. liked to see, like, that maybe get drawn on a little longer, and then she, like, sort of sleeps with Uliel, and I'm like, I don't know if we needed to push that button right now. I feel like we there could have yeah. been a couple more scenes. Sure. Yeah, I, um... I'm very attracted to a movie that is, like, it's incredibly stylish. I think the editing is, like, tremendous. Uh, I know that a lot of the sort of choppiness that can come from the way that it'll cut in flashbacks and narration over uh, different scenes uh, is disorienting to some based on, like, the few sort of reviews that I had read. Uh I was able to just sort of coast with it and, like, trust that it would get somewhere. Not even get somewhere, that I would just be, like... Uh, entertained throughout it. I, I find it very entertaining. I don't really um, uh, care much about like the characters' feelings in it. I find it just a bit more. I, I, think, uh, I think I am there. I think it is a it is a thoroughly entertaining movie. But I, the way I was describing it in my head is like I, this is a very compelling movie. I don't know if I find it that interesting. I guess is what where I would put it because I am similar. Where it's like, I'm okay with the shoppy editing, but I will admit, like, when she has that scene where she sees her, like, the, the father of her son at the end, I was just like, yeah, I don't care about this, really. The daughter, I believe. The fa- the, yeah, the father of her daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just like, I don't know if I really care about but this. Or it's, I, it's I don't really care in, about in it. In any way, shape, or form. But it is funny. It's like, it's such a basic comparison, but the thing that I kept thinking of while watching it is, like, Eastbound and Down, where <laughs> this figure like the when she goes up to do the karaoke or to sing at like the premiere party after she's drunk is like it's just it's just as like classic hbo cringe comedy and like all the situations fit that mold a bit for me and then the cherry on top being that scene at the carnival where she's holding cotton candy and a candy apple as she meets the father of a child yeah. and it's like this embarrassing situation to be forced to yeah. hold like that things. yes that doesn't strike me as like uh oh here we're gonna get a big emotional payoff it's like oh we're, it's gonna be silly and then like at the end she's like is she here and she's like yep all right bye see you never yeah. and then the uh 
Yeah. Like, the <laughs> like only the... thing that comes off as emotional payoff is the very last yes. scene. Uh, which is just like, oh yeah, she has this kid who is necessarily functions as kind of a grounding force and she's able to return to that. And there's, I think, the, the, the very uh, good scene where the kid is reading the book... And she, like, gets mad, and then the sister's like, here's how you can guilt her <laughs> into, like, yeah, being nice really to fun. you. Yeah, that was, and then yeah. she does she's it, and like, instantly Afira, like, crumbles. Yeah. She's like, not only do you have a mother, and mothers are always so worried <laughs> that their children are being neglected, you have a mother who's a therapist. You have yeah, to take right. advantage of that. She literally tells her to use, like, psychological language of, like, I'm worried <laughs> I don't have the tools I need to succeed. Yes. <laughs> Or whatever, and she like instantly is like, "Oh no!" Um, the sister's funny, yeah. Because also, yeah, I really mean, at the too. end when the Laura sister's like, "I, I didn't read the book," when she, uh, right? Like, when she gets caught having not read the book is very yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. But then also, I like the sister's breakdown, like in the flash, or I guess it's not a flashback; it's just her thinking about uh, that their mother died, and uh, yeah, she's like, "I'm worried I'm a loser," and like, yeah, I, I'm. And I was, I related to being an old loser. I, I was yep. like, and she was like, but you're so carefree. You're like a free spirit. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I only have odd jobs. I don't do anything. And I was just like, <laughs> She's like, I don't relatable. think I can live with you. I'm an imposition. And then she's like, don't you miss our mother? And I fear he's just like, no. Yeah. But the, um, I, I, I just think it's like, like we mentioned, there's the scene where she's sort of influenced by it follows and the jinx. And then there's, uh. <laughs> I think a really funny scene where uh, Adele is talking about having, uh, like, th- that she, like, tried to break it off with uh, Gaspard Liel, and then she's like, but then he looked at me and he was crying, and it reminded me of that, that movie where he played a widower, <laughs> and I'm just like, it, it's just very funny the way these characters are so, like, influenced yes. by these things. Um, and then I think just, like, the way it mixes media where it's, like, You'll have the footage of, yeah. like, the Skype call. You'll have the raw footage of when they're filming the movie. I think the uh, the editing in the scene where she has to slap him and they just play it, like, <laughs> yes. 50 times in a row <laughs> yes. is so funny. Um, there are moments where it, like, it can bend into, like, being more, like, ridiculous than silly, if that makes any sense, where I'm like... Okay, but, like, for the most part, I think it has a real handle on its tone and gets to sort of have its cake and eat it, too. Where, like, the scene at the end where she talks to her daughter is, like, an emotional catharsis in its own way and feels good. But also, she, like, gets caught with a hot mic talking about having sex (laughs) with the actor and, like, being on the phone. And then it just cuts to her, like... Uh, everything in her hotel being smashed. It's right by Exarchopoulos, and the, but also Huller being like, <laughs> I, "Nothing you say right now yes. is going to surprise me. Why don't you just leave, and we don't have to do this?" Yes, right. Uh, and then it cuts to ten months later, and she's like off the wagon, like has like yeah, like, yes, not doing goes... well. There's like a lot of stuff of her like doing karaoke. Yes, um, which is good. Like, there's you know right. good versions and bad versions of that. Yeah, there's when uh, <laughs> Exarchopoulos is like, or no, when uh, Uliel's like, all right, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm yes. just gonna leave. And Huli's like, uh, you're you're here, just do it. You you can sing, right? And she like sings maybe like a couple lines of the song, and then just starts going. Ah, da, 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 yeah. da, 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 da. 
there's like the scene in the movie where Uliel's singing the song, like in, within the yeah. movie, and then yeah. uh, because uh, yeah, Exarchopolis like, is like so anti Uliel right. at that point, she's like, I can only talk to Sybil. Yeah, and um, then he's like, I, I'm, I'm just, sh- we're yeah. just shooting coverage. I'm not in this part. I'm just gonna leave. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's the thing. It's like I don't think it's perfect. I agree. There's maybe times when it's like going to be a little much but it's like nothing that i hold against it because i just feel like it is giving me so much that is like rare to get in like any movie nowadays certainly in like a movie premiering it can european whatever uh and you know it is just like i don't know like i feel like i find the french funny more often than you do emilio maybe uh, yeah, sure. I mean, it is just, They're like, a, a funny... funny people, I, it's, yeah. I, I think this... <laughs> I mean, yeah, It being just a French observation of what, like, media, like uh, uh, celebrity and media and therapy, all, like, very European ideas about these things. And, it, like you're saying, it is, like, such a rarity. It feels maybe even better than, like, the movie itself is. It is just, like, a, a, a true, like, comedy that isn't, like, ridiculously stupid feels like enjoyable is able to do this crazy editing while also like not really um it's not like impenetrable like it's very easy like it doesn't like hold your hand but you under it's very easy to understand i think it's very uh yeah like um just just well uh well organized and like i i just respect it a lot it's like yeah you really like just made a very like it being in can competition is such a win i think for that movie yes and it is just like everyone in it is so crazy hot. Sure, uh, sure. that helps too. And it, I, I, I was truly thinking it like, oh, it's good that there's a bisexual character in Anatomy of a Fall because it feels like this one needed that energy. I there's also like the part where they're filming on like an active volcano. Yes, and you see it like dripping in the back. Yes. Um it's just it's right. pretty. And then they like joke about it at the premiere later. Like, yeah, the guy's like, "Well, I don't like doing that. Like, hopefully we don't do yeah. that ever again." Um, um, I think it looks. I, there's the shots of like all the clouds and uh, that scene where she's like having the heart to heart with the kid that she is still a therapist for uh-huh. and uh it it cuts to that song and then like you see the roller coasters it's like very yeah uh, that looks it's just like it's a very, very handsome movie yes yes there's a really early early on when she gets home like during the rainstorm before she even like tells her family that she's given up therapy they bring it's like the powers out and they bring her this right. cake with all these candles and there's like this light ring that follows it as it goes down and it really stunned me i was like yeah and i truly i think the first half is like perfect i was on board hard from the first half and mm-hmm. then when she gets to the island it becomes a bit shakier but i think still Maybe. just enjoyable and like never never dipped below any sort of uh entertainment yeah, I mean, that's maybe the thing with, like, he, uh, her having sex with Uliel's character is, like, I can see how that's maybe a beat that's, like, a little, like, okay, but also just, like, watching them fuck in the rain in this, like, black On the dirt beach. is yeah. really funny. Yeah. The, um, there's also, like, um, f- just, like, funny little things, like, she... It's just on airplane mode the whole time that uh, Mario yeah, is like going through this crisis right. and, and like she, puts it yeah. back on airplane mode. Yeah. 
it's just really it's it really tickled me and then um, yeah i i did i just like laughed out loud when uh they cut to her in the club and they're playing blue veins by the rock on tours yes and i was just like what is happening we can't the most crazy needle drop of a rock on tour song since yes man <laughs> Yeah, definitely more can competition titles should feature Jack White side project yeah. uh, needle drops. Yeah, um, I they also it, it, one of the other things that uh, jumped out in these uh, the interview package uh, <laughs> on the DVD was that uh, they said that they were the last movie uh, Thierry called to let them know that they had made competition. That's... Which I assume um, means it was like 15 minutes before they made the announcement. Yeah, something <laughs> like that. Um, which is it is it's funny. I mean, obviously, like we are, we we talk about right how like the French movies are like the, yeah. always the last ones to come into place, but it is funny to imagine this being like neck and neck with some other French movies, and then being like, yeah, well, that one's like else? just like let's do the fun one. Let's put the fun yeah, one what in, played like... in like other sections in 2019. I'm trying to think. I'm sure if I look, I'll remember hearing rumors of like, oh yeah, that might have been close. Yeah, I mean, because um, like, yeah, definitely when like... this was announced, it was like a little bit of a surprise. Like, oh, it has some big stars in it, but and she had kind of, I think, been rising, like, her first movie, or second movie was in Critics Week, and then In Bed with Victoria was in either uh, A Certain Regard or Director's Fortnite, I think, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, my assumption is just, like, if there's ever, like, they're, like, close on any of those movies, they're just like, what's the best red carpet? Like, what is the... Quite possibly. What is the most takeable of pictures, movies that we have Mm -hmm. to pick here? And this is... yeah. And, and there was red carpet footage too, and there, you know, Terry was right there with them, like being like, "Let's go, let's go in." Sure. Uh, no, yeah. no Hewler on the red carpet. Weirdly, don't know what where she where she yeah. had to be. Yeah. I've, uh, zone of interest shot so long ago that maybe she was doing that. Maybe. That's funny. Yeah, I don't know. There was it shot pre-COVID? Yeah. I. Maybe not. I feel like it might have. Uh, Rebecca Zlatowski is the other main name I remember hearing of, like, someone who maybe could have been in competition in her movie was in uh, Director's Fortnite, which I guess it looks like Benoit Majumel has a supporting role in it, but other than that, is not really famous actors, so quite possibly that is what happened. Yeah. Uh, It didn't win anything, right? It was... No... And it, it was just like it sort of mixed reception, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I did I was saying that it maybe took until uh until it uh like came to the US for me to start hearing that it was good. I that maybe I feel like I did actually have a ticket for it at TIFF and then like hadn't heard enough good to actually see it at like ten PM or whatever. Right, it did play TIFF also. Yes, that was the that was his, yeah. His it was it was in the main slate at New York also, I believe. Sure. And then it didn't come out. It was I think Music Box didn't put it out until, like I guess get like once it was getting towards the point in twenty twenty one when it was like okay, I guess we have to just start putting real movies out online. Uh, so it kind of, it was like September, October of 2020, where they were just like, I guess we'll throw this one out there. 
but yeah, I don't know. Lots of fun. Any final thoughts on Civil? Um, no. I mean, there's it's... also the, uh, just another funny scene that I I took note of is when she's talking to uh, uh, Arthur Harari, and he's like, "No, you can't do that!" Like, sort of chastising her, and she's like, "Can I get this prescription?" And he's like, "Yeah, how many weeks do you want?" Like, yes. <laughs> instantly, just like, "Yeah, what do you want?" Yeah. Um, I think he's he's been in most of her movies. I looked it up, and they're all like, it's funny that that is the name of the character that he's playing. Sure. A therapist named Doctor Katz. Sure. Well, no, like the uh, like I I feel like he I think the other ones are mostly not name. But let me I'll, I'll look up what the um the name right his uh what is oh in. Right, he uh, his character in Victoria is named uh, Le Dresseur Chimpanzé, which I okay. believe translates to Chimpanzee Dresser, uh, and then he plays the literary critic in Anatomy of a Fall. Oh yeah, that's a funny scene in Anatomy of a Fall. Yeah, I guess, I mean, we, we talked a little bit... Um... Is it, would you say that Anatomy of Fall is a funny movie, Amelia, or are you like? It, is it like much like? It has funny elements for sure because it's like it's obviously as I mentioned, it's like a lot of it is this court trial, and sure, there are yes. moments where you get like the classic thing in like any court movie or any trial where it's just like they bring in things that are like a little ridiculous to be calling out in a thing, and including what I mentioned with the, like, you just mentioned literary critic, where it's like, there is a moment where, like, the main character that is on trial is an author, and there is a moment where they bring in her books and her stuff, and they start <laughs> debating, like, whether she did it or not, on the merits of, like, the st- sort of stuff she wrote on her books, and they, and there's just... That's a, funny. It's just, like, whether or not you can really blame her for writing that sort of stuff or like if literary analysis is a valid thing to bring into a courtroom <laughs> and things on, among those na- among that nature yeah things of that nature <laughs> yeah oh this is sunny so the the other thing on Arthur Harari's uh, IMDB page is that the trailer that you see at the top is for Trier's first movie uh, which he's also in that did not co-write, uh, but the still is of uh, Vincent McKine, which is like, yes, great. Uh, I would yeah. love to see him in a Trier movie. Yeah. Uh, the the director from Irma Vap and Yes, he's whatnot. in uh, nonfiction. Yep. Yeah, he's, he's, he's always popping up. I need to get into Emmanuel Moret. He's some, another... Uh, for people who seems to be another for people who think the French can be funny, yeah. uh, who <laughs> also, has worked with a lot. There's another thing in Anatomy of a Fall that I'm just remembering now, where it's like one of the like leading sources of tension, or like uh, an indication that they're like the marriage is falling apart before like whatever the accident happens. Sure. Is that like whenever she tries to have a conversation with something, her husband just like turns on a song really loud and it is a it's a funny song it's like an american song but i can't remember what it is is right it now. the 50 cent song yes it is 50 cent it yes. is, it's P-I-M- people mention this it, p-i-m-p yeah, yes it, which is very funny but it's like yes. a weird arrangement of it where i was like when I yeah was people were saying movie, that like, too is that p-i-m-p and then they call it out in the trial of like he started he starts playing p-i-m-p by 50 cents which is just a very funny song to pick yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I I think I mean I think she's just very funny and she seems yeah. cool as hell. Yeah. She won the palm and it's sick. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Can's good. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I am, <laughs> I am also curi- even more curious about the that movie that he directed, Onoda, which sounds like very uh, maybe it's not it's about that. Uh, I guess it maybe is a sort of inherently very darkly funny premise because it's about that guy uh the japanese soldier who uh continued to insist that world war ii was happening for years after world war ii ended yeah uh so yeah i don't know i am more interested in uh what that looks like now um should we move on to special presentations sure I've got one if I can go first. Yep. I read Charles Williford's Miami Blues. Uh, I was looking for something a little bit light after finishing Middlemarch. I had seen the movie Miami Blues and thought it was solid and had been hearing about these Charles Williford b- books. Um, he did uh, Cockfighter, which uh, is a Warren Oates movie um, that I think Monty Hellman made. Um and then he made Miami Blues uh, as part of this uh, mystery series uh, following this detective called Hoke Mosley. But I, it's just a very it's a great, easy read. It was exactly what I was looking for. It's very funny. Um, Williford has a great sense of humor about these, like, terrible people. And all the incidents that they get into are so ridiculous it's like the inciting sort of thing of the movie or of the of the novel is um uh an ex-con is going to florida uh from california and he like gets to the airport and a hari krishna is like accosting him for money so he breaks his finger but he breaks it so hard that the hari krishna dies of shock and it just sets up a whole sort of chain from there uh, the the detective character uh has false teeth and at one point he get, or at two separate points he gets mugged and both times he take his teeth. It's it's just a really silly. Uh, so there there's just these s- silly jokes inside of it that are uh, that are great. <coughs> That's it. <laughs> Anyone sure. else? No, I'm thinking because I feel like either thing that I do is gonna be a very sort of mixed special presentation i guess i'll do trust which i finished reading which i think it definitely is a book that kate winslet option to do is an hbo series mini series i assume it's what todd haynes is doing with her and it the book is It's, like, very enjoyable to read. It's got this sort of nested structure where it starts out with uh, this short-ish novel called Bonds that was written in, like, the early 1900s about this big finance magnet. And then the next section is the person's autobiography... the autobiography of the guy who it's based on and then the next thing is the memoir of the ghostwriter that autobiography and then what's sort of 
is at the center of all of them is his wife, who is sort of unknowable uh, to all of these people, whether they met her directly or not. Um, you know, there and I. It's re I, as I said, it's like enjoyable to read. The like craft is really cool. I just think this sort of having this mystery of who this woman is at the center, the actual way in which that is resolved felt very sort of weak to me. Uh, and like maybe could it's it's just like it's such a strange thing to adapt because it's so based in like being literature of like how i really you know i i don't know if hans is gonna write it or if they have someone else writing it i'm just like i don't see a way to do it and also like i guess winslet wants to play the wife if she bought it and is gonna be in it but also like that's a I, it's a weird character to play i feel like she she also dies like pretty like in her 30s i think it's it's just a i don't know if hans is doing it i'll see it and i still kind of expect it to be good and there's a lot of things about the book i like but it is it's a very strange thing for them to try and do. It won the Pulitzer, though, uh, along with Demon Copperhead. Uh, I guess I also finished reading a book. I don't think I plugged this last week, but I think so I'm going to use it this week. But I finished reading A, a Visit by the, from the Goon Squad uh, by Jennifer Egan. Uh, great book. It's a great book. It's uh, really good. It sort of has this structure where it's uh, it'll introduce a main character and then a bunch of side characters. And then the next section of the story will be about one of the side characters. And I'll <laughs> sort of keep going on that, finding a new angle on all of these people's lives, you know, throughout different periods all the way from... So it's a little like Laurent. Sure. It, in, <laughs> though the way that it all sort of comes together at the end is a little, uh, it's a little interesting. I think I am a yeah. I think I am a little less high on the book than other people, mostly by the virtue that it is for some people one of the greatest books of all time, or one of their favorite books they've ever sure. read. And for me, I just think it is a very good book. Mm-hmm. And I think the ending is part of the reason where I'm like, I don't know if that fully came together as poignantly as I think the book thinks it did. But, uh... Uh-huh. I, it, yeah, I it, do it, not remember how it ended. Uh, but on a story-to-story basis, every single story you read, it's like, it is satisfying to read on its own. It is sort of moving. It is sort of poignant about these just, like, little moments in people's lives and how you end up connecting to each other. Like, mm-hmm. any anytime it cuts to another person and you sort of jump through time, you do sort of get, like, this twinge of, like, either melancholy or happiness of just like yeah the 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 turns these people's lives took uh yeah and i think it's like it takes an incredibly talented writer to do that so it's just very good and people should read it um i yeah i don't really have anything too specific i wanted to mention i uh i guess i will mention uh the the tony awards are this coming weekend as this episode drops uh they air sunday night 
they're doing a modified ceremony that is unscripted uh, in order to um, avoid being picketed by the, the WGA, who, who is still striking, obviously. Um, uh, it's been a tough time for the theater, and I do think like watching that show and seeing if there's anything that interests you and checking out either the you know the album if that's available to you or going to see one of those shows uh you know with with the modified broadcast i'm curious to see how it pulls off but there's a lot of shows <laughs> should right do a now. herald partway through yeah you think so mm-hmm. um you just get like brian darcy james to do to participate yeah that like... should be that should be one of the like on one of the networks thursday nights or whatever just like every week a different group of eight people is gonna do a herald until uh-huh. they give the writers their money. They, yeah, they would have everyone to probably... that might that might finally do it. It probably they probably would have a hard time explaining to America what a herald is. I I, I would certainly, guess, but yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, I, I'm just encouraging folks to watch the Chonies and to 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 see if any of the shows uh, pique your interest and to support them in any way that you can, because uh, uh, you know. Uh, live theater is important, and it's uh, it's a it's a tough business. That's all I got. All right. Speaking of support, you can support us by following us on Twitter at Can I Kick It Pod, or following us on Letterbox, or at Can I Kick It, uh, and you can follow us on Letterbox and Instagram at C I K I Pod, or TikTok at Can I Tick It, or you can. You can't. We promise it'll be really worth the wait. <laughs> um, yeah, you can. Uh, We're gonna be live at Tribeca. I'll, yeah, I'll <laughs> we'll yeah. Do a, in we'll the in the jury deliberation room. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can uh, donate money to us if you'd like to. Maybe some new perks coming soon. Uh, yeah. To at uh, slash can i c a n n e s i and. You can email Someone us throws a thousand dollars in there in the next week. <laughs> I will take my portion of that and head up to Tribeca for a couple days. Same, absolutely. <laughs> um, it doesn't even need to be the thousand. You're gonna uh, go to Tribeca on two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> I can. Yeah, I'll take the bus. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I could take a bus. Um, <laughs> take, like, it would probably buses. be multiple buses. Yeah. <laughs> I could take a bus trip. Yeah, it sure. would be like my the time I tried to take the bus to Toronto. <laughs> yeah. Um, you can email uh, at canikickitpod at gmail.com. And our theme song is by Tree Related, who's on Spotify and SoundCloud at Tree Related. If you want to follow any of us on Twitter... I am at Clatchley, Andy's Andy T. Germ, Emilio's I'm Laugh Alone, and Jesse's JCP Glick Weber with two Bs. And with that, I will release our audience. Bye. 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 Bye.